What up, world? It's your past first point guard. Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show... We're going to recap the loss to the Pelicans. The Blazers played an NBA basketball game in which neither team tri- cracked triple digits in the year 2024. Uh, any Anything is possible. We'll talk about that game. This game is ugly. Like let's, let's keep it real. This game is ugly. But I thought the Blazers were um, some, somewhat impressive considering the circumstances. We'll talk about the game and the circumstances uh, to begin the show. We'll talk about sort of the what, what we learned from, from this group and how to how I am analyzing a team playing without a lot of key parts. And then we get to see Delano Banton make his NBA debut, the type of player that would have that would have made my dreams come true in, in college. This is uh there was no 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 flavor of basketball player I would have been more excited about as a 19-year-old than Delano Banton. We will um, revisit Michael's sophomore year of college preferences and talk about Banton, who I thought was if nothing else, intriguing in his Blazers debut. But let's do what we do here. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 93-84. to That's a real game. It's not a high-scoring college game. It's a real NBA basketball game that happened in which the, the winning team scored 93 points, and the Blazers scored 84 points and weren't even really getting their butt kicked at any point during this game. Um, relatively normal scoring first quarter, 24-29 after one. Pelicans lead by five. Then the second quarter happened. Oh no. Oh, please avert your eyes. Uh, so for the Pelicans, like the injury report matters in this game. No, they no Zion Williamson, no Dyson Daniels for the Blazers. No Scoot Henderson, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Anthony Simons, no do So that's like all of the Blazers guards as the entire guard rotation. No Scoot, uh, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Anthony Simons. It's their it's their back their backup center and do who helps a ton on offense with the shooting and the spacing. So the Blazers start Ashton Higgins, Matisse Thybul, DeAndre Walker, Jabari Walker, uh, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, Jabari Walker, and Jeremy Grant. Uh, on the other side, Trey Murphy slots into the to the Zion Williams spot. CJ Herb Jones, JV, that's Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram, and, and Trey. Like the Pelicans, second night of a back to back, but um, you know without Zion, they're missing some of their guys. Kind of get to the rim, but early on in this game, it doesn't look like it's going to be um, like in the 90s <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to be a game where the winning team doesn't need it didn't need to score a 90th point in order to win 24 29 after one second quarter was just um it was from another time it was just a, it was just a sport from another time uh the pelicans win the second quarter 18 16 18 16 the blazers score 16 points in the second quarter they go six of 22 from the floor oh five from three they shoot 27 percent in the second quarter right this is, that is a blowout special. Hey, you're missing your offense. You know, Malcolm Brogdon and Avery Simons are two of the three best offensive players on the team. Scoot Henderson just like does a lot to kind of at least add to the dynamic of the team, although maybe he's not always a particularly good offensive player. Duop Reef helps a lot. Like you're just missing a lot of your firepower. And you go six of 22. You shoot under 30% in a quarter. You score 16 points in 12 minutes. And it didn't even really that matter. 
The Pelicans made seven shots, seven of 17, scored 18 points. The Blazers had about as bad a second quarter as you can have, and it didn't really matter. They're down 47-40 at the break. They hang tough in the third quarter, 64-63 heading in the fourth quarter. This was a this was a game the whole way, but late in the fourth quarter, the Blazers push, excuse me, the Pelicans push the lead to double digits, and that was that. Over the final four minutes, the Blazers couldn't really get back, and they lose 93-84. That's your fastest recap in the West. Um, 84 points is not many. Pelicans scored 35 points in the middle two quarters 18 in the 18 in the second and 17 in the third and the Blazers hold a team to 35 points in the middle two quarters and score 39 of their own it's tough. Blazers didn't crack 25 uh, in, in any of the four quarters. The Pelicans were coming off second night of back-to-back. They played in the played against the Los Angeles Lakers the night before, and they gave up 87 in the first half to the Lakers. 87 in the first half. I watched that game mostly on the Pelicans broadcast, although it was also on there was a national NBA NBA TV that I watched a little bit until I switched over to, to hear Joel Myers and Antonio uh, Daniels, former guest on the podcast, AD Antonio Daniels. Uh, but they were so mad at the Pelicans' defense for giving up 87 points in the first half. They were so frustrated. Um, and then they gave up 86 in the entire game. I, I we'll talk about this more in the second segment, but I, I, I saw who played in the game. I'm not surprised the Blazers struggled in the way that they did. Jeremy Grant led the way with 24 points uh, to go with five boards and four assists. 18 and 17 from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Matisse Thibel, seven. Jabari Walker had six and four boards. Five and five, four, excuse me, five and four assists for Ashton Higgins. Ibu Baji had four off the bench. Delano Banton, his NBA debut, had 12, three and, th- or his Blazers debut, excuse me, he's, he's played in the NBA for three seasons. His Blazers debut, 12, three and three. Uh, three for Chris Murray, five for, excuse me, yeah, Three for Chris Murray, five for Tamani Kamara. Justin Maniah went scoreless. Ryan Rupert did not play. Uh, on the other side, Trey Murphy had 24. Brandon Ingram, 17. CJ McCollum, 8. Really, the, the story of this game is that the Blazers, um, you know, they, they only gave up 93 points, but like CJ McCollum was 2 of 18. Brandon Ingram was 8 of 21. Off the quick math in my head, that's 10 of 35. They combined for... The <laughs> they missed a combined 25 shots. 13 for Brandon Ingram, 12 for CJ McCollum, and combined for 25 points. 25 missed field goals, 25 points for those two. I mean, that that's kind of the story of this game. Um, you know, I thought DeAndre Ayton played really well on defense. I thought the Blazers were really physical and 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 um attentive on defense. And you, you, you I liked the sort of, you know, you, you're playing with Ashton Higgins and you're playing with Delano Banton, and I'll talk about this more in the second segment. It's like you just not you just you just don't have an NBA point guard available to you, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You know, we just saw the Blazers play in in that game against the Pistons when they didn't have an NBA point guard, and they just ran the, they just ran basically isos and high pick and rolls for Jeremy Grant for um, closing in on twenty straight minutes, and like they didn't do that in this game. It was a little less. Um, you know, with with DeAndre Ayton back, at least they could they could run different things and run and run pick and rolls that made a little more sense, et cetera, et cetera. But like you're still going to be pretty limited on offense. And they were. They scored 86 points. They're extremely, extremely limited on offense. Um, they, you know, they hit, they hit, they were six of 21 from three, but I think like the 21 is notable. They're just not even getting threes up. Like they should shoot, shoot like north of 30 on, on, on a typical night. So um, it's like, you know, it's, it is what it is, but I think like on offense, it's just like, that's kind of who they have, but I thought they played pretty well on defense. I thought I thought that they were I thought they were competitive on defense more more than effective. I thought they were physical, and I want to talk about that in the second segment because to me, in a game like this, you're not kind of 
it's really hard to judge X's and O's because like, what are you going to run? What, what, like what, what, what? Ashton Higgins has been on the team for four days. Delano Ben's been on the team for a day and a half, right? Like he's, he's, he's been to a, a practice and a shoot around. So it's really hard to install stuff. So let's talk about what we saw and sort of how I am judging a Blazers team that is extremely shorthanded in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. You, when you're hiring, if you're a small business owner, you know you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And so the hardest thing to do with that is to figure out where to look. How about checking out LinkedIn Jobs? LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Like, you know, this isn't in the ad copy here, but it's freaking LinkedIn. It's a it's a massive network where everyone puts their professional information. It's the best place to find professionals. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. There's already 2.5 million small businesses that are using LinkedIn for hiring. So if you're a small business owner and you know you're wearing too many hats and might not have time, why not use the resource, use the tool that makes it easier for you? They even just launched a feature that helps you write your job descriptions, making the process even quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So... When you're playing an NBA basketball game, when you don't have your like just any of your available guards, you're gonna look a little rough. Like the Blazers are already the worst offense in the league. They're the worst half court offense in the NBA. I don't. I believe actually Memphis has passed them for worst offense overall in the league. But the Blazers are the worst half court offense in the NBA. Um, they don't. They really struggle to score in the half court, and they don't run in transition. It's like um, incredible. An incredible strategy. We can't score in the half court, and we and we barely ever get out on the fast break and run. Um, some of that is personnel. Some of that's probably bad coaching. But when you're already a bad offensive team, and then you're down your good offensive players and down your playmakers, and it's just you're you're just gonna have a bad night, right? Like, and I don't mean to say that watching this team score 84 points, including that 16 point second quarter, like I'm not. I wasn't like. This is actually fun. You have to learn to appreciate this. You don't understand the art of basketball. Not at all. I just like, uh, to quote the great Mike Tomlin, like, I'm just happy to throw out the style points. I didn't expect this to look good, right? Like when I showed up at the arena and found out who was available to play, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be gross. Um, but I came away in some ways impressed with the guile of the Blazers, the moxie, the grit of this team. Uh, this isn't the space to learn about X's and O's, right? Like, this isn't the space to learn about X's and O's. Not this podcast. Hopefully you learn a little bit about X's and O's in this podcast. But, like, watching this game was not the time to be like, okay, so what is what is Chauncey going to cook up, right? Like, I thought the offense was way too vanilla and it kind of it ruined the game against the Pistons, right? Because I just didn't try anything else. The whole world knew that it was going to be Jeremy Grant on a wing isolation or Jeremy Grant in a high pick and roll. And it was going to be that for 20 straight minutes. And you could load up and, and send everybody over to help. And he was either going to score, which he did a lot. He scored 49 against the Pistons. Or it was going to you know ha- turn the ball over or have problems. Like no one else could no one else could put the ball in the hole. You get DeAndre Ayton back. You get another player who can who can score. Um, you know, you Delano Banton makes his debut. And he, he kind of loosened things up a little bit. We'll talk about him in the, in the third segment. But like... 
you can't that you still like even if you are less vanilla which they were in this game a little more variety right um a little more variety you're still at the sort of at the whim of your skill sets you don't have a lot of shooting on the court you don't have you can't look down the bench and magically find shooting on the court like you just you can put theoretical shooter Chris Murray in the game, but he even passes up jumpers sometimes. Like you can't put Chris Murray in the game and both make him more accurate and more aggressive looking for a shot. Like he's just gonna play the way he plays. Tumani's non shooter. Uh, Jabari Walker's a non shooter. Jeremy Grant doesn't really hoist threes with that that, that often. Uh, Matisse Leibel has struggled over his last um, couple weeks, maybe basically a month of shooting pretty poorly. DeAndre Ayton hasn't attempted a three all year. Like you're just not you're not gonna have floor spacing. So that is kind of out the window. Um, but I thought the variety was a little bit better. I thought the play calling was um, was less just kind of like, here's the only thing that works. Let's try it every single time down the floor. But you're still pretty limited. Delano Banson has has played, you know, a practice and a shoot around. Uh, Ashton Higgins is is a 10-day guy who's, who hasn't spent much time with the team. And it's like, okay, you're dropped into this thing and now run the offense. Like, how much can you really install? And And even if you can, like, hey, I know three sets. Like, I know three sets. I know we run these actions on these sets. It's the feel after the set breaks down. In the NBA, it's not like um, you're just running through the same flex offense 25 times until you get a good shot like old school college basketball. Like, you run an initial action, you set up an initial action, and then usually the defense will break it, and you say, and then you just... It, it becomes the go hoop portion of the program. And if you don't have a feel for how it works and the feel for the secondary stuff, it's just hard to get into things. I asked Chauncey Billups after the game, like, how much can you run with two new point guards, with Ashton Hagens and Delano Banson playing your point guard, you know, running point guard duties tonight? And he kind of smiled and he's like, nah, not much. And like, what he meant to say is nothing, nothing. He just couldn't say it, right? Like, and he's like, it's hard. And then the Pelicans, you know, they play man and they come out and showed a bunch of zone. When the Blazers were kind of keeping the game close, the, the Pelicans showed a bunch of zone looks and they have a lot of length and they play play zone with length at the top of the zone. It's like, okay, you know how we haven't worked on zone offense because we're just trying to install like three things on, on, on not running against man-to-man defense? Like, okay, uh, here's what we're going to do. And then you can like draw a couple things up and point and yell and from the, from the huddle. But it's like, it's just hard to get into stuff. It's hard to, it's hard to actually run stuff. And I, I think like, um, again, like I think the criticism of, for Billups against the Pistons was he was just so vanilla and it was so obvious and eventually it broke down because it's like, you're just, you're just ramming your head against the wall 10,000 times and hoping Jeremy Grant bails you out. It wasn't like this. This was a game where just Blazers, like in this against the Pelicans, it wasn't really like that. It was like, you just like light on talent. Like I, I don't think Ashton Higgins looked for a shot particularly aggressively. He finished with five points on two of four shooting. Um, but you could tell he didn't, he wasn't like, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go score. Uh, like I said, Chris Murray comes in. He's he's not super aggressive. So then you're asking like Tumani Kamara and Jabari Walker to go be aggressive on offense. Hey, we need you to, to score a little bit because, you know, DA is going to get his and he took 18 shots and, and Jeremy Grant, 17 shots and 12 free throws. Like he, Jeremy Grant's going to be a high usage offensive player, but you need, you just need more, right? Like you need, you need to score about 115 to win a, a normal NBA game, 116 to win a normal NBA game. So, um, you know, you're, you're your point guards are are totally new, brand, 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 brand new. And in the time of year where teams don't like no one in the league is like running like real practice, right? Because you can't afford to run like real contact practices when half your freaking team is injured. You can't have someone get a bump and bruise in practice, right? Um, so like you, you're not really running through stuff at full speed in practice. And your brand, you're, you know, you got these two brand new guys and this just happens. And then when you put guys like Jabari Walker and Tamari Kamara in, in spots where it's like, hey, can you be aggressive? Like, can you go, can you go try to score? Can you go try to get yours? Then they look out of sorts. And so then it's like, 
you're not really learning much from these games from an X's and O's standpoint. Like from, a, oh, what do they strategically in, like try to, to put out there on the floor? Because you just, you just, there's only so much you can do at this time of year with this particular, with this specific group on this night. There's not a lot of functional X's and O's stuff you're going to learn. But you are going to learn what this team is made of. And the Blazers, if nothing else against the Pelicans, were tough as nails. Tough as nails. Because this had 25-point blowout written all over it, right? This had, like, beat down. Um, Pelicans coming off a bad loss. Obviously, they're on a second night of a back-to-back, and they're shorthanded, so they're going to be a little bit tired. But, like, you know, this is the second straight game Blazers have played against a rest-advantage team and lost. Uh, like, teams teams win. Like, they, they they can win on second nights of back-to-back. It's not a guaranteed um, L, even when, when there's a talent disparity. This one had the makings of a beatdown, right? Pelicans were... Uh, I believe eight and a half point favorites on FanDuel just before tip off, maybe nine. I didn't look right after they they ruled everyone out, but eight and a half going into the, going in the game with everybody listed as questionable. Like this was supposed to be a, a, a double digit loss, and then it ended up being nine because Jeremy Grant hit a three at the end to cut it to nine. Shout out to anyone getting in on the action on FanDuel, but like, um, I think they played really tough. Like, I think defensively, they were really physical in a game where the refs let them be really physical. I thought Jabari Walker, he, he got a bunch of point of attack op- opportunities, particularly guarding Brandon Ingram, but he guarded CJ McCollum a little bit. Um, but he got he got a bunch of point of attack opportunities guarding Brandon Ingram, and I thought he was really physical. I thought Tumani came in and was really physical. Ashton Higgins, he committed three fouls in the first six minutes of the game. Uh, like, he's really physical on defense. And it was a game where the refs were kind of letting that physicality play itself out. Um, they, were, they were kind of letting it go, and I thought... I thought the the tone set by how hard the Blazers played on defense was really commendable. Um, I do think pretty, like, I think a lot of this, like, they played great defense stuff was, was covered up a little bit by just C.J. McCollum shooting bricks and, and Brandon Ingram shooting bricks. Brandon Ingram missed a bunch of shots he could normally make. C.J. McCollum had one possession where he missed two unguarded, like nobody within six feet of him, three-pointers, practice threes, bricks, bricks. Bricked one, get the get the rebound, brick the second one. Um, you know, and I'm not saying like if CJ McCollum makes one three-pointer, the defense is bad technically. But like in, in general, I thought the Pelicans' two best players missed a bunch of jump shots and they're jump shooters. They're they're uh, without Zion Williamson, they don't really have anyone who drives to the rim. Like that like can off the bounce get you to the rim. They don't really have that. They need his rim pressure to kind of settle the rest of the offense and they were missing that a little bit and the Blazers decide they're going to switch everything. I thought uh, DeAndre Ayton was pretty competitive on switches. Um, I don't think he had a great offensive game. You know, he had 18 points on 9 of 18 shooting uh, but just like feel and watch. I felt I don't feel like this was his, one of his better offensive games but I thought he was really good on defense. I thought he was competitive and physical and um active and up on switches and I thought he was really physical against Jonas Valanciunas and I thought he was decent on when he would get switched on to BI and switched on to, to CJ McCollum like I, the Blazers just they went through the switch everything one through five um, and, and I thought they were I thought they were really competitive there and I think it's I liked you know the Blazers really lean into that what they call 55 that switch everything defense um, but they um, the call from the bench you'll see him throw up both palms five 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 um, watch Roy Rogers do it but like they um I, I thought it worked pretty well in this game, but I think it was a it was it was helped by the fact that the you know that the Pelicans shoot threes, but you don't or uh, shot bricks. Excuse me, um, you don't apologize for the bricks. You don't give them back. You just say, hey, this like this worked. This was our plan, and it worked because the Blazers were really physical. And you so so what we learned in this game wasn't like 
okay, how are they going to use Ashton Hagens and how is how are they going to feature more Jabari Walker and and like um, and Tumani Kamara? I was like, hey, this team was really shorthanded. They're really light on offensive skill with this particular lineup. Like they just don't have enough dudes who can go get a bucket. So they have basically one guy who can go get a bucket and DeAndre Ayton who can jab step and take a lot of 15 footers and he'll make about half of them because he's a pretty good mid-range jump shooter. Um, but like they played hard and you got to like... At this point in the season, I don't know what you are personally looking for, but for me, it's like for the Blazers to not let go of the rope is to stay in games, and they absolutely stayed in games. And I, I thought that was, um, I thought that was eye-opening and commendable in this game. Uh, they played a lineup at one point that was Delano Banton, Chris Murray, Tumani Kamara, Jabari Walker, and Ibu Baji. Just a giant lineup, and then and then uh, DeAndre Ayton came in for Baji. Just a giant lineup. And they were pretty competitive, switching everything with a bunch of giant wings. It's actually modern basketball. Can you believe it? Where, like, you have, I mean, Delano Banton's bigger than every other point guard because he's, like, almost 6'9". But, you know, 6'8 across the board and a 7-footer who can move a little bit when you put DeAndre Ayton back in the game. It's like, that's modern basketball. You can switch everything and you don't give up You don't give up height. Now, that off that particular lineup is an extremely offensive challenge, hence the 84 points. But, like... I don't know. <laughs> I think there was. I think it was intriguing to see them play with a little bit of size. Um, and and uh, we, you know, we won't see that really going forward because of who they have on the roster and who they've chosen to keep on the roster and and move forward with. But um, for one night only, the offense didn't was not NBA quality, and I thought the defense was pretty darn competitive. Although obviously helped by some bricks. Part of that bigger lineup though was Alano Banton, who made his NBA debut. Let's talk about what we saw from Delano and how and why I would have loved this dude so much if you had caught me about 20 years ago and given me a chance to talk about him. That's what we will do in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Nissan. They got a whole new lineup that's for the driver that likes to push things a little further. You ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, including the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and for those great escapes. It's got class-exclusive Google built in in your always updating assistant so you can call on for almost everything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. You got Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store right built into your vehicle in a 12.3-inch HD touchscreen. The infotainment system of your dreams, the 2024 Rogue, is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. What about that Nissan Pathfinder? The 2024 Pathfinder has room for up to eight. It has expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capabilities with 284 horsepower and up to 60 or excuse me, 6,000 pounds of towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take your friends, take all your, take all their stuff and go on an adventure. Take that Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder or the all new Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Lockdown Blazers. Let's talk a little bit about Delano Banton to close the show. He made his Blazers debut on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, you know, six seven point guard, maybe six eight. He's a, a a big point guard. Came over from Boston for a top fifty five protected second round pick, basically a pick that will never convey. Uh, so it's just a free flyer on a young twenty uh, four year old playing in his third NBA season. Um, 
I mentioned this in 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 uh, on last week's show. I was going to say yesterday, but for the show that came out Friday. Um, after the trade deadline, that if you were to sort of create a player in a lab, like the type of player in a lab, Delano Banton would be like the exact type of player that I get excited about. And I, I mentioned this to, uh, to to someone at the game last night, a f- fellow media member, shout out to Casey Holdall. I was like, if I um, if I was 19 and I was had just watched this Blazer game, I would have written 2,000 words. I would have blogged my little butt off about Delano Banton because he was fun, right? Like he's, and and I love weird players. He's a big point guard. Like he's a guard for sure. And he's six, eight. Um, and he, and, but he can't shoot. And so he's, you know, he's all about just kind of getting into, and he's not like super explosive, but he's a fluid athlete. So he's, you know, gets, gets to his spots, kind of has like a, has, has a sort of, good fluidity getting himself to the rim has a has a has a knack for passing as a playmaker can like clearly operate an offense a little bit uh and but but he's just like he's a he's he's a guy who um you know he didn't shoot well in college he did not shoot well has not shot well yet in the nba um you know i haven't checked his g league stats as of this recording but i'm willing to wager he didn't shoot very well in the g league either um so like it's you know he's he's not going to morph into that but if i was 19 I would be telling you all that I watched him warm up and he looked like a fluid shooter in warm-ups. I'd be telling you that they just don't have a matchup for him at that size. I'd be telling you that in a modern NBA defense, having a guard, someone who can handle and make plays at six foot eight, who can switch across multiple positions and hold his own at least a little bit on defense, is invaluable and the Blazers cannot let go of Delano Banton. No! Um... But that was, you know, I'm not 19. That was almost 20 years ago. So um, I'm a little more measured now. But like, I, I say that to say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am probably unfairly excited about him because he was fun. It was fun. Um, he, he finishes his debut with 12 points, three boards, three assists, and two turnovers in 25 minutes. He was five of 14 from the floor and one of five from three. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, Ashton Hagens committed three fouls in the first six minutes of the game. He was being really physical on defense and he got he got in some foul trouble. Didn't didn't end up having uh, uh, too many fouls in the end. Committed one foul for the remainder of the game. Foul trouble's fake, right? Just don't foul. Then you won't be in foul trouble. Um, that's not exactly how it works, but I don't believe in foul trouble, period. That's a conversation for another day. Um, but like Banton comes in halfway through the first quarter because Hagen's in foul trouble. He The first time he touches the ball, he aces the top of the key three. Let's go! Um he didn't make any more 0 for 4 the rest of the game, including a couple that were wide open unguarded because they're not worried about him shooting. You know, he has a fluid handle. For someone his size, he has a really good handle. He does not have a point guard quality handle. A couple times got into the paint and lost it because his handle isn't super, super tight. And if you're running an NBA offense, you need a really tight handle. He has what is a, a really functional handle um, for someone of his size. Like, compare him to Jeremy Grant. They're relatively similar size. Jeremy Grant can kind of get where he wants to go, but he cannot really dribble against pressure. Banton can dribble a little bit against pressure, right? Like, um, and, and he's, and he's an intriguing passer. So I was, um, I thought this game, you know, he was clearly the best point guard. Like, you know, Ashton Higgins is just, um, he looked a little too timid on, it seemed like he was playing really hard on defense and on offense. He was playing with like, to not make mistakes. It was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to make sure that I don't screw up on offense. And you kind of need to do more than that as a point guard. You need to force the action, get into the paint, make plays, make, and take risks and be aggressive to shoot. Like what I liked about Banton was that he shot 14 times. 
drive, get your jumpers off on pull-ups, get yourself to the rim. He missed a couple shots right at the rim. You know, take take your threes when they're open, one of five from three, but just shoot it. Like you like NBA offenses can break down if you don't take shots. So, um, you know, you'd rather them go in, and there's a reason that when the team is healthy that Banton's not going to play, really. But, like, um, I thought for a guy you're taking a flyer on and for a team that is starved for anyone who can like dribble and get them into stuff banton is really useful um we'll see what the health looks like for this team going forward you know scoot henderson's got that uh, foot uh, foot sprain and and uh Amphrey simon's twisted his ankle malcolm brogdon's just out with with an illness so i, th- I think he should be back rel- relatively soon um you know is missed the second straight game with a general illness so i assume that it won't be uh, blazers don't play again until tuesday so we'll have sunday monday off before they before, before they play again so you know hopefully uh, brogdon will be back this week as they head into the trade deadline with two games against minnesota but you know if they continue to be if they continue to need bodies banton is clearly like a functional and intriguing player and like he just doesn't know, like he mentioned that he, after the game, he mentioned to, to in the locker room, it's like, it's a couple of, a couple times, I don't know what we're doing out there. It's brand freaking new. It's basically gone through a shoot around, right? Like you, you travel from the other side of the country, you do go through the physicals and all that stuff and, and meeting folks and doing all the sort of like new team administrative stuff. And then it's like, you go through a shoot around in the morning and you you're like, okay. Well, I don't really know the plays. I don't know the calls, but I'll do my best. Like I know how to play basketball. Um, you know, he's not going to have a ton more practice time to figure it out, but he'll get to sit with coaches and talk about the language that they use for what, what this means and talk about reads and stuff like that. And he'll probably get a little bit more comfortable as, as time goes on, although he might not play uh, 25 minutes every night because I, I when they're healthy, I, Benton's not in the rotation, right? He's not going to play. Um, he's not going to play a bunch, but he could conceivably be the ninth guy on any given night. Um, although I don't think he would be, if I had to guess, I don't think he, I just think he straight up wouldn't play, but it would, if he does, I'll be excited to watch him. Um, I, I think like in the end, it's fun to it's fun to see a new player and be have some, have an intriguing skill set. Um, whether he's part of the team going forward, you know, we don't know after 25, 25 minutes, I would guess no, right? He has a, a non-guaranteed contract for next year, but like, this is what the end of the season is about in a lot of ways is, hey, they didn't do anything at the at the trade deadline except for this. They added an end of the bench intriguing big guard. Let's see him play and see if um, a couple decades ago version of Mike Richmond can get can find that excitement about a weird type of big point guard. Um, shades of post injury Sean Livingston with 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 the skill set. He just needs to develop an unguardable turnaround jump shot and then he'll truly, truly be Sean Livingston. Okay, that's going to do it for today's show. Um, do me a favor. Tell your friends about the broad, the broadcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. And we'll come back and do it uh, five more, four more days the rest of the week. Wherever you get podcasts, Monday through Friday, each and every weekday. It's also on YouTube. Tell your friends. Uh, later this week, later this week, I'm going to have a guest. Haven't been confirmed yet, but I got a good interview coming up. And I want to do this. I don't know exactly when we're going to record this, but this is always a reward for folks that listen to the very end of the podcast. Uh, We're going to do another listener summit during the All-Star break, uh, published during the All-Star break, which is when I bring listeners to the program on, we talk for eight or 10 minutes and kind of share your thoughts on the team. Uh, And I need three listeners who've never been on the show before to join me on the show for a listener summit. So if you, if you are a listener to the program, Email me, LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com and tell me that you want to be on the Listener Summit. LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. 
All right, that's going to do it for the program. Come back next, come back tomorrow, rather, and tell your friends about the show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, what's up? It's Mike from the future. About three minutes after I finished recording this episode, the Blazers released a medical update that Malcolm Brogdon is going to miss the next two weeks after receiving treatment for tendonitis in his right elbow. He received treatment and is going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks. So I guess we're going to see a lot more of Delano Banton in that case. Uh, probably something we would have talked about at length in this episode if I had recorded maybe 25 minutes later, but that's life. Uh, Brogdon had been listed out with a knee bruise, knee contusion recently, so this elbow stuff is relatively new. Um, not great for the old trailblazers, but that's the news, and I guess we'll just talk about it in a future episode. Okay, bye for real this time. Thanks for listening. Peace.